You are listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 183 for the week of September 6, 2015. Welcome back, everyone, to the longest-running podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series and occasionally HBO's Game of Thrones. As usual, this is Amin, and I'm joined by a special uh, panel today f- straight from the VOK bullpen. Welcome, everybody. Introduce yourselves, please, in uh, VOK hierarchy order. Well, I, I don't I don't know what order that is. <laughs> don't we have to like fight that out with knives? Yeah, I don't or know. Something? I'm just I'm just gonna go with alphabetical that way. Well, alphabetical by forum name. That way I don't have to worry about it. Um, anyway, this is uh, Michael or Mordian on the forums. Uh, this is Dan or Witless Chum on the forums. And this is Matt or Barley on the forums. We will cover a bit of news related to the show. I guess we'll be careful going on from from now forwards we can but we can talk about the casting I think yeah i don't okay. think casting so is gonna hurt anybody too bad unless it's like some character sure yeah it's completely <laughs> new <laughs> like Aegon's wife or something yeah yeah <laughs> the dude that played one of the pompous guys in uh harry potter just got cast as possibly uh what was it uh the, the sam's brother dick and tarly or yeah Who's who's one of the pompous guys? What is that? Uh, I don't think he's pompous. I don't. I mean, I don't think we get much knowledge besides like he's the guy that's going to inherit Horn Hill rather than Sam. Yeah. No. I think in, in in books, we the only thing we've heard about it is probably good. We haven't heard anything bad about Dickon. Like he's a fighter type guy, but he's the one who finds about the whole story with uh, the guys going for Brienne. I think he reports about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, Randall. I think the only uh, n- negative thing we really know is just that Randall likes him, and how good could that be? <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's if he just like a military sure, yeah, guy, yeah. He, could, he could still be a That's what he reason. wanted. There was one There was one bit in the, ch- in the Sam chapter where he sort of had kind of a, I don't know, the, the way he referred to Dickon, I kind of wondered if, you know, Dickon had also tormented him along with his father. Even though he was a much younger brother, but it, you know it wasn't it wasn't clear. It just sort of like I can't find the exact phrase right now. But okay. you know, yeah, I, he I was. You have to that. point that out when we get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's make sure we take. And a look then in McShane as someone, Aegon's wife. Oh, that's a nice power alliance thing. But uh, <laughs> no, I, we can we can mention that. I think right. Uh, I, think I mean, as someone, I <laughs> I yeah. think that's hard. No, it's your own Greyjoy, right? Oh, I, I guess I don't know. No, yeah. Euron uh, got casted by some dude. I don't even remember his <laughs> name, but <clears throat> Ian McShane is still, like, question mark. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's if, right. if Boiled Leather is to be believed, it's somebody named Pilu Asbiak. I'm probably <laughs> butchering that. It's P-I-L-O-U, and then the last name is A-S-B-A-E-K. He's going to play Euron, so apparently it's unknown who McShane will play. Hmm. I'm still hoping for Septimus and Maribald. Or... That'd be Probably. a big, big uh, jump, I would think, if they uh, cast like a, rel- a relatively small part character as McShane. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like more like a Greyjoy type, so I don't know. Like he's not. Yeah, I can certainly see him as, as a Euron sort of guy. Hmm. I could really see him as Septimus Maribald, too, though. You know, he's sort of. You know, kind of grizzled looking at this point. No, it would be great if they brought Septon Maribald in, but do you think they're really going to do that? Like, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. I, I would be surprised if they cast him at all. I'd be very surprised if they brought in a big name actor for 
September. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, had combined him with with a couple other characters or something, even, and you know, gave that gave him that speech. Like, I mean, obviously, elder yeah. brother and Septon Marilbald would be easy to combine. Sure, that's true. Good. I think that's all we have really related to the show. There was a news article about George and the Winds of Enter, but it seemed like it was just a reprint of previous material. Yeah, I, th- I think really they shoddy work. Run that yeah, story all every quick, three babe. months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that time when I had dinner with George. <laughs> you asshole! <laughs> you should no, really there's just, like every third sentence should start that way. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, I thought about no. Sam. Uh, you remember that time I had dinner with George? <laughs> no, I just bring it up because I mean, we we talked about. I mean, George has a journalistic background, you know, like he's got schooling in it. He's worked at it in an alternate universe. That's what he would work as a journalist. So he's not particularly impressed with the state of journalism these days, especially online. Oh yeah, stuff, and I totally agree. Yeah. With that, so. No, in in fact, I think uh, one interview he actually said like, "I hate the fucking clickbait, like yeah. journalism," <laughs> and everything was like, "George R. R. Martin hates his clickbait." <laughs> it's like click on this. George R. R. Martin thinks we are garbage. Yeah, <laughs> but it it does seem like the the common trend is that. Well, actually, I don't think he's necessarily saying that anymore. He used to be keep saying, like, oh, I wish, I hope it'll come out before the next season, but he doesn't seem to even think about that anymore. Yeah. I don't know, man. If you see how much he writes about, like, Puppygate, I'm pretty sure yeah. he can write a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he gets, like, moving, he can write a lot, but yeah. if he's stuck, exactly. he's a problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's a big, uh, you know, fiction voting thing going on in the next in winter winter then you know maybe we'll be all right but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just needs like the some like puppies in the books or something yeah exactly and then that'll get him moving <laughs> crushed by yeah. uh whatever. Yeah. well remember like unborn puppies in marine though so oh wow yeah. he was really sort of ahead of his uh yeah. his thing. <laughs> uh-uh. no it, it, i think it's always been that like if he can get he's, he's he must have a few things he's stuck on still and if he can get past those, he can really turn it out. It's just like getting through that stuff in the middle is yeah, the problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's certainly like, yeah, when he's in the groove, he can certainly write fast. But yeah. uh, if he's not in the groove, he's not in the groove. What are you going to do? Right, like the first three books were written in, what, six years? Yeah, two years apart, basically. Yeah. Storm of Swords was very quickly written for what it is. Like, and it's a, qual- it's a quality book. It's not like the quality went down. It's dense as hell, too. It's really yeah. amazing when you hear that. Yeah. And that's why I almost think that, like, he's going to release both books at the same time. <laughs> or, like, close together. Like, I think he has it, you know, very well thought out. And he just had to get through the Miranese knot. And now yeah. a lot of people are going to die. And... <laughs> Wins winter yeah, the, the last book will Dream certainly be faster than these middle books. Like once he actually gets to the last book, I think. Mm, once he uh, sort of like in his uh, traveling metaphor or something, like once he like reaches the outskirts of Los Angeles or whatever. Yeah, and he knows where he's going. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. That's really that's basically a, that's the uh, when I had dinner with George. You know, that's. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's gotta come. Hopefully it's gotta come at the end of every sentence you say when you're talking about when the next book comes up. Yeah, yeah. 
it seemed like he didn't have like a hundred pages or something. Like he hopefully has. He's not in. He has something. It's not like he's on page one hundred and one right now and just not going anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it, it could be. I mean, he, that he's just in denial. But I don't think he would be at this stage. Like after all the previous books and hopefully things like not. that, to be in denial. But well, nothing we can do about it, right? All we can do, like oh, uh, the thing that I d- yeah. dislike is people are always like, "Oh, you shouldn't be doing this, shouldn't be doing that, you should be writing." Sure, I feel yeah. like there's only he can only really work a certain amount of hours a day. Yeah, and whatever he does in the rest of the day is up to him. Like if he doesn't do this, he'd be doing something else. And I mean, I think even a bigger issue than that is just he can only write when he feels. I mean, writing's one of those things, right? Like, you can only really write well if you feel like writing well. Like if it's not coming, it's not coming, and you know, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather wait a few years for you know for a better book than you know get something you know that's rushed out and crappy and you know I mean it's his job I don't I don't begrudge anybody who's doesn't have to uh, work eighty hours a week or anything you know you know I'm you know I'm yeah. always I'm glad I'm glad that you know I'm glad that he doesn't have to uh, you know freak out and get the book out as fast as possible so he can pay his mortgage you know mm-hmm. I mean more power to him. That drive can can produce really good things. Having that pressure on you, I mean, it can also weaken the story. But on the other hand, it can also like some of the greatest artists were under heavy pressure financially, and that sometimes did push them. Yeah, I mean, it, I think yeah that it can work with this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it goes. So through. you're saying that we should kidnap him? Is that right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> going the misery route? Because I'm pretty sure that's what you told me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know nothing. I said nothing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Lady in Misery uh, made made uh, James Conn write you know write shitty books though. I think it would have been better if that story ended up like the thing he wrote actually became like a huge bestseller. That would have been really interesting. But at well, at been the a, same been time, time, Stephen King pumps out books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he'll, he'll never be accused of of not. Uh, King will never be accused of not working hard and writing. Not, but. No, I th- I thought that it's been a long time, but I Maybe thought that Stephen King just has like, a bunch of uh, captive writers in his basement. He doesn't write anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he shot. Well, apparently he was really like I mean I don't know what, when this corresponds to some of his best books, but he was really on drugs for a certain period of his life. Like when he was making, he made that movie that's like famous, right? The Halloween movie. What? what Isn't it like? <laughs> wasn't he involved in that movie where all the machines go crazy? I feel like Greg oh, yeah. is like screaming yeah, yeah, yeah. at his, com- at his uh, computer. Yeah, maximum overdrive. Yeah, I think he admitted he was like high on a bunch of drugs at the time when he made that movie. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, like the early to mid '80s when you know. Well, honestly, I don't think in that port in that you know he wrote that many great books in that span. It's like he, t- I think he, I think it was like Cujo or something that he talked about how he doesn't remember writing it at all because he was just <laughs> high the whole time. Uh, no, I think that was uh, Christine. Christine, uh, that might be definitely a C one. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. I don't know why that was so funny. <laughs> let's get to the chapters here. Oh, oh, somebody is clicking. I think you make sure you don't click. It's me. I, uh, I'm. It's a. Uh, it's a worse. Of, I mean, it's a. Um, lesser of two evils thing. I can either mute myself and not breathe really loudly or click every <laughs> once in a while. So Just stop breathing, man. Oh, yeah. I'll oh, definitely. God. If only I were a Merling. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. You could hold your breath for, for long yeah. periods of time right there. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going on to the chapters here. We got Samuel 1 from a, a Storm of Swords. Does somebody have a chapter recap for it? 
I do. Sure, go ahead. All right. Sam blunders through the snow, thinking about how much it sucks and everything hurts. A group of 50 Night's Watch are fleeing south from the Fist, led by the old bear and ringed by brothers carrying torches. Sam isn't sure how long he's been walking, but it seems to have been several days. Or at least one, at least a day and a night, maybe. Sam mainly thinks about how every, how everything hurts and how terrible the cold is, and then he begins to remember the fight at the Fist, wishing, despite wishing he wouldn't. He trips on a tree root and goes to one knee. He thinks back to the battle then, remembering waking with Chet nearby to three horned bass, and then getting up to send off his pre-written messages, which just said that they'd been attacked at the Fist by Raven to the Shadow Tower in Castle Black. Sam remembers he wandered around away from his post and saw archers from the Shadow Tower led by Blaine shooting arrows at the Whites with to no effect. Then the old bear shows up and yells to use fire arrows and sends Sam back to his post with the Ravens. Sam writes out a number of messages, some very detailed, covering different situations and some just writing what was happening. The Whites, the whites then breach the defended ring wall around the camp and a man crawls towards Sam as he dies. Sam then snaps back to the present as Gran is trying to rouse him, first by persuasion and then by kicking. Sam thinks that your friend shouldn't kick you. That doesn't work, but small Paul picking him up does. Sam then thinks back to the battle again, and how he loosed all the ravens when the call to mount up and retreat came. Then he realizes he didn't attach any of the messages he'd written out. He remembers most of the whites were wildlings, with a few men of the watch mixed in. Mormont orders the brothers to form a wedge to ride through the whites and get free, but then the white bear shows up rotting but still moving with blue eyes. Thorin always chops its head off, but it beheads him with a paw in return. The brothers ride in a wedge and break through, though once they reach the bottom, someone steals Sam's horse. He remembers nothing until Mormon is organizing them to flee. Sam comes back to the present, as small Paul says he can't carry him any further, and the three realize they're outside the ring of torches. Another approaches, riding a dead horse. It chops the head off Gren's torch and stabs small Paul, when he goes at it with a long axe, but the blade gets stuck in small Paul, and Sam, urged on eventually by John's voice in his head, charges blindly at the other. He feels his dagger strike it, and hears a sound like ice breaking and a scream. He opens his eyes to see the other's armor becoming liquid and streaming away. He touches it. It touches the obsidian knife in its chest, and its finger smokes. The thing then melts away, followed by its bones. Gren and Sam pick up the dagger, which is freakishly cold, and start walking towards dawn. Good stuff. Booyah. Just sending Maybe a little the, more detailed. <laughs> yeah, if you want a summary, I'm sending the artwork for the chapter. So if you want to, in one picture, summarize it, it's there. But for a lot of this chapter, I kept thinking, like, oh, Sam actually did get the messages off. Well, what the, why, why did he screw it up in the show? And then he's like, oh, he didn't do the second part. So he did screw it up. But he did get some messages off, or at least one off, right? Yeah. Actually. And, yeah, he got the first set. And I sort of think... Um, I mean, I guess, obviously, a message saying, you know, there's a bunch of whites and they're eating us would be more helpful. Yeah. But at the same time, like, <laughs> if they get if they get a, a one message, you know, that says, hey, we're being attacked with the fist, and then they get just a whole bunch of ravens without any messages, yeah. I sort of feel like that communicates what happened. Exactly. If there's no follow-up, then you know something really bad happened, and that's what really matters. Yeah, like, all the ravens got loose, they all came yeah. back. Like, oh, probably something bad. But- yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing it, it might have helped later was just sort of, you know, sending a ra- sending a raven that says, you know, Mormont is Mormont is fighting the whites. You know, we're being attacked by the others. If they had, you know, sort of an official word, you know, yeah. basically from Mormont saying that yes, it's whites, it's whites and others. You know, we're being attacked. Sure. Yeah. 
you know, then it might, might, maybe it would have been a little bit easier for John later to be like, you know, hey, 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 whites. It doesn't make that much of a difference for John, I think, within the wall, because, like, they, mm-hmm. they find out about it later. I mean, like, nobody else is going to believe anyways. They can't be like, oh, we got a letter saying there's whites to King's Landing. Like, they don't not yeah. believe it. Yeah. What about Chet and all those guys? What do you guys think? Hmm. Weren't they, like, the reason that he was beside Sam is he was going to kill Sam? Yeah, he was he was creeping up on Sam to to murder him. We find that out in the prologue, and then he uh, then uh, I actually looked that up and saw who like he had he had a lot more conspirators than I remembered. Mm. It was uh, it was Chet, Dirk, Softfoot, Alo Lophand, Sweet Donald Hill, Lark the Sisterman, Raleigh of Sisterton, who's Lark's cousin, Mm. Clubfoot, Carl, Maslin, Small Paul, and Sawwood. There's just some great, there's some great George R. R. Martin <laughs> names in there, so I wanted to read them all out. <laughs> a lot of ways, this is a small Paul's chapter. Like he does a lot. This yeah. chapter helps out save Sam, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And all he really wanted was a fucking crow yeah. to feed. Yeah, he would have been happy if it gave him that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he like ex- he like. Basically explains the conspiracy to Sam and to Sam and Gren there, but you know they don't understand because he's <laughs> small Paul. Yeah. Do, do they also, also call him like thick as a castle wall, or, or no? Is that I mean I know they call hmm. Dunk that, but do they also use? I feel like they. I think I think uh, Chet does. Yeah, and then he gets mad about that. I think. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> uh, that's a nice. It's a nice cross, uh, or, cross know, it, it might, series. It might not have been Chad, actually. I think it's the another guy, and then Chad is like, don't offend him, I need him more than you, or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, maybe Dirk did. Yeah. Chad wasn't completely stupid. Yeah. And here we go, Sam's thinking about, like, oh, the seven have no power beyond the wall, so he's just, like, praying to anybody who can help. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to escape, so he has, a, I guess it's like a fl- semi-flashback chapter, right? He's thinking about what happened. Yeah. Yeah, he keeps like yeah, he keeps flashing back to what actually happened on the fist, which is epic, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's interesting that Martin, you know, chose to not only not only have that, you know, not only have that told from the perspective of Sam, who wasn't, who was kind of a little bit out of the battle, Mm -hmm. but he has him tell it in flashback, so it's kind of even twice removed a little bit like that. Like, I wonder if he just didn't kind of want to show. You know, show what the others and the whites could do as as strongly as he as he could, mm-hmm. maybe, or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't commit him as much when he has this oh, double blind connection, I guess. But it also Go shows ahead, yeah. uh, how like the five year gap would have been awful. Yeah. <laughs> Although this this I mean this flashback <laughs> isn't that bad, but having a ton of flashbacks would would have been annoying. Oh yeah, absolutely. But this, I think, I think it worked yeah. pretty well, just in terms of, uh, I mean, like it would have had to have been obviously like a pretty confusing and frustrating battle anyway, just in mm-hmm. terms of not really being able to make much of a dent in the opposing mm-hmm. force. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, I think the fact that it's sort of Sam who wasn't that involved and is only thinking about it in flashbacks, I think it works pretty well for what it needs to be. Oh, here Sam's thinking about his father, like, and then he's thinking, would Dick can shed a tear? Why would he? It doesn't really say anything about Dickens' character, I think. He's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. I don't think it says much about uh, Dickens. I think it just more says about... I mean, Sam is feeling, you know, despairing or whatever. 
that that I was I was flipping through, and that isn't the part that I was thinking of earlier. It's the part later where voices are sort of shouting in Sam's head to get up and stab the other, and it's like hmm. his father. It's like his father. First he hears his father, then he hears Alistair Thorne, then he hears his brother Dickon, then he hears Rast, hmm. but then he hears John, and he actually gets up and does it. But you know the the placement of Dickon there between Thorne and Rast kind of doesn't speak too well of Dickon. Yeah. Or yeah, that's Sam point. and Dickon's relationship. I suppose. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. And also, I mean, you have to think, like, especially, you know, like if you have a young kid and like their father is sort of is treating somebody a certain way. I mean, you know, like they're going to yeah. pick that up. And, but then again, it might only be when he was that young. I don't know. I have a feeling or, it's not, yeah, it's not exactly. just that he's just bad. Like his father, I think people friend. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, we don't, it's certainly not enough to, you know, condemn, uh, Dickon out of hand. Well, I find it interesting that they, they're well, casting I mean, Dickon for the show. I mean, they don't really, well, who's going to be Randall actually? Ian McShane. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, maybe yeah. Ian McShane is Randall. That, that might make work. That would yeah. work. Cause they wouldn't do Dickon just alone. Yeah, kind of. no, well, maybe they would. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, wishful thinking. He's like, we've thrown him back with fire. We've managed them, but there, <laughs> nothing happens. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's sort of an interesting. Um, I can't think. It's an interesting technique of showing like what's in mm-hmm. Sam's head, um, or you know, like what he's hoping for, what he's wishing for. That kind of thing. It's like mm-hmm. the kinds of potential messages that he's composing, and they sort of like get worse and worse. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the whole thing of you know how he's telling the story with the uh, you know point of views that are not necessarily you know a hundred percent reliable you know where because you know it's sort of a mixture of just straight reporting on what's happening and other stuff that's not true. So if you know if he actually had sent all those messages, I wonder what they would have thought at the wall. Like you know what the hell? Oh yeah, but but they were like potential yeah. messages, right? Like he was never yeah. He was never intending to send all of them, but yeah, certainly mm-hmm. if he sent if he sent each message as he wrote it, <laughs> I think the wall would be yeah. pretty perplexed. It seems like uh, something happened. I, we no one knows what it could be anything. They have uh, things crawling here as well. They're coming out, and they have like the were bear or whatever, the undead bear. That was crazy. Yeah, was this uh, chapter like Martin's like? horror kind of yeah that's kind of what i was thinking like the fact that that's sort of what i was trying to say Mm. earlier with um the way that it was sam who wasn't really in the front line and he was telling it in flashback i thought that was sort of george trying to add to you know like the horror of the battle like the fact that you couldn't know that we didn't really understand exactly what was happening like from a you know sort of like a tactical perspective Mm. so we get past the battle here and then he's sam's kind of giving up he's falling over Gran's trying to get him up, but Small Paul picks him up. Good on Small yeah. Paul. You know? He's not a bad guy. Just no. fell under bad influence. Exactly. And Sam doesn't want to sing about the bears, because he's seen the, the undead bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that song is totally yeah. ruined forever. <laughs> the, uh, oh, here we go. The, Sir Otten uh, Withers, is that that really old guy that gets, like, crunched by a horse? Yeah. yeah, he's he's like he's like it's it says he's like sitting there on his knees until a horse Jeez. kicks him in the head. So I don't know what he's doing if he's like just freaking out or if he's already been wounded or something. Oh, I mean, there's also was it only whites or was it like the others as well? 
Sam never describes seeing yeah. another, just whites, until he sees, you know, until he sees the one in the woods. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, okay. the others, I think, would probably operate more like, you know, Commanders. generals yeah. and then uh, maybe hunting people afterwards because they're mm-hmm. potentially a little bit faster. But Like Stannis and lead from behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it makes sense they'd be trailing along after, you know, after the watch in the woods, too, because, you know, they want to catch people and turn them into whites. You know, and you can't you can't send a white to scout because they're too yeah. dumb. No, so what was that other doing there later? He was just, like, a scouting guy? That's well, what I, he, that's what he I could saying. be that, or I was thinking, like, they could be, like, uh, they might be a little bit faster than, uh, I guess he's riding a white uh, undead horse, so... It wouldn't be any like, faster. Do you think it was by chance horse. they just came across each other, or he was specifically tracking them? I mean, uh, you're saying specifically following after following after the column, just you know, yeah. picking off stragglers and turning them into whites. Right. He got he got stuck mm. with a shitty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was. I think he was a lower rank type guy, right? Like he had to. Uh, he was like a, a young uh, lieutenant trying to yeah. prove himself. He got yeah. killed by Sam. He's one of uh, <laughs> Craster's children. Could be. Yeah. Maybe they're they're like the lower ranks. Oh, and then I find the, uh, oh. the eyes, eyes of things uh, shining like frozen. I don't know why that, that seemed important to me. It just did. I mean, it's the, the frozen stars. was interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the other reason I think, you know, that other was trailing along to make people into whites is, for one, Small Paul shows up later as a white. Hmm. So, you know, I what guess... What is... Shocking lack of knowledge for me time. What, what actually, what is the, the mechanism usually? Uh, do they just have to die near another, or is it, what exactly do we need to make a white? That's what I was just yeah. going to say, is we, we don't, don't know. know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, don't think, I think anyone who dies north I mean, maybe, of the wall can technically just be raised. I don't even know if they have to get near it to raise them at yeah. this point. Because okay. that was another thing I was going to say that I thought was a little bit interesting, was... Um, so obviously, like, the whites, when they're attacking, are, you know, they've been given some sort of, you know, kill-destroy program, yeah. right? But, like, mm-hmm. so this other, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, this other was riding an undead horse, right? But the undead horse didn't give them any trouble, mm. right? As soon as, like, the horse apparently just sat there, right? The other dismounted, they killed the other, and the horse continued to just sit there. Sort of like like a robot or something without any kind of programming, mm-hmm. right? So I was thinking about that and thinking about how uh, the others control the whites, whether they can, like, psychically sense any dead body, like, in their vicinity and tell it what to do, or exactly well, how that works. And obviously, well, I don't have any answers. But <laughs> in, the, in the prologue, uh, Weimar Royce, like, immediately becomes yeah. a white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Your question but, might be, do they have to move every single movement, like, under their control, or... I think they definitely don't have yeah. to do that. I think that they can, they seem to, I mean, because they're, I think it's pretty clear anyway that they can raise armies of whites that are larger than the number of others yeah. that they have. So I think that they can pretty clearly input some kind of a programming, yeah. but like it does leave open like what they can do if they want to, right? Can, like, can they see through the eyes of any white anywhere? I mean, like, who knows, right? Like, hmm. given what you know about. Like how warging works, you know, you would think that they yeah, do something equivalent. Yeah, like maybe that's one reason why the eyes like shine like that is sort of it's the presence. Of, hmm. I don't know, who knows? But wow, I never well, like those guys, very those guys that go, they bring yeah, through the wall, I, like that rise and kill everybody. Like, are the others seeing through their eyes at that point? Can they see everything? Right, exactly. Maybe I, I don't know. 
Maybe the wall blocks yeah, the, the transmission. But then if the wall blocks, then why would they? How would they get the transmission to get up? Well, maybe and kill? that was programmed because the horse it was programmed into them to get up and kill. Free program. Yeah, they, they were run through and then they uh, mm-hmm. wait, wait ten hours and they get up and kill. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you just set. You just set your white. Yeah, it's like clock. an internal <laughs> internal clock. <laughs> <laughs> the wall is just like blocks the Wi-Fi. It's like the undead Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you have the program preloaded, yeah, you have a yeah, shitty right. signal south of the wall. So, but if you're pre-programmed, <laughs> it's okay. You download the content before you go through the wall. Yeah, you're, exactly. You're good. Then- <laughs> yeah, that horse didn't have like it was the right app. It was just like convey. Yeah, that horse. Yeah, it was just being directly controlled or whatever. And so once they lost connection, it was just like dead horse. Yeah. So yeah, then then we uh, get there. He- the other shows up, Small Paul fights, loses. But in fact, again, Small Paul is the reason why Sam wins here, because he like drags the sword out of the guy's hands, right? Or just like it falls out of his hands. Yeah. Yep. Sam goes for it. Yeah, the the other was kind of probably overconfident yeah. too, because it got down <laughs> off its yeah. horse. Yeah, it was overconfident. Yeah, for probably sure. probably should have stayed on its yeah. horse and you know used that advantage. Oh, the the other thing I noticed here is that Sam mentions that he pissed himself twice during the battle, but he's he's too cold to piss himself when the other comes out of the woods. Yeah, just the cold descriptions were really well done in this chapter. There's lots of just a description of it, like the pain and the cold, conveyed very well. Yeah, yeah, and how the how the snow is caked all over everybody, and just how they're you know being weighed down as they slog through the woods and you know yeah it's it's yeah there's a lot of really evocative description of that you're right so yeah he was the other was definitely overconfident here i mean he couldn't have expected them to also have a dragon glass as well if they haven't really encountered that sure yeah but at the same time it does i think it highlights you know that they're sort of uh interestingly you know not human obviously but uh or mortal, I guess mortal they are, but um, sort of like the uh, bad things can happen yeah. to them, right? Like he lost the sword in a very like a normal kind of a way that you might lose a sword in a yeah. battle, right? Like it gets stuck in a body mm-hmm. and the body falls and you lose your yeah. sword. Yeah, and the um, body, the body is like a yeah. huge guy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the weight. <laughs> Small Paul grabs at him too. He just like can't get him. Mm-hmm. What happens if he grabs at him? Is he as vulnerable as a regular person? Can he like break his neck or something? Or I don't yeah. know. I, I would sort of imagine Small Paul's fingers would freeze and break pretty quickly, but yeah, re- I guess reading that, I really wanted to know. Yeah, I was like, "Damn it, George! What would happen?" <laughs> and the the uh, the dagger is super cold. Like when they try to pick it up mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah, and- yeah. Like Gren, like I assume Gren has you know three pairs of gloves mm-hmm. on, but he still you know picks it up and is like, ah. ah. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's colder than the frozen snowy woods. Yeah. Does any the other also put the fire out as well? Wait a minute. How was Gren like? What's that? I said. How was Gren like? I said ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was. He was. I forgot Sorry. exactly. What he said. I, I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, it put the fire out. Uh, sort of. It just chopped the uh, the oh, torch in okay. half, and then the fire part fell in the snow and went out. Yeah. It didn't didn't do anything magical there. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I actually went back to that part. I remember when I was reading, it, I was like, "Wait, how exactly did it put the torch out? What happened to the torch?" Nope, just chopped it. Yeah. Oh, what Grant actually says is, "Mother, that's cold." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Grant actually sees Sam do this here. Yeah, yeah, Grant. Yeah, that was another thing I was looking closely for. Is yeah, Grant. Grant sees yeah. it like right up close. There's no like 
So there's no question, you know, of Gren being able to, you know, Gren saw it. Yeah. It happened. Yeah, proof as far from as Gren knows. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how, how much Gren is to be respected in the watch, yeah. though. I mean, you know, he's a ranger. He's a ranger, but he's a new guy, you know. So it's not like he's not like, like Sir one of the last song. guys, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But. <laughs> but it adds something than just Sam being like, "Hey, I killed another." Like it adds. Oh yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, better. exactly. It adds some weight, and for the people that would matter, anyways. But yeah, yeah. it's sort of yeah. I, I think a lot of people are just going to be stupid no matter what, and wouldn't believe anything until they see it with their own eyes. But it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Is there anything else in this chapter of note? I was impressed by how uh, tough the other swords are. I mean, it went it went right through S- Small Paul's mail and all the way through Small Paul. Mm. So obviously their swords are in no way, you know, in no way not as good as steel and might actually be better. You know, whatever exact, exact ice magic is in there. Mm. Um, the only other thing I... Had- yeah, I think that uh, I mean, just going based on other things like the prologue chapter and stuff, it it seems like maybe their swords tend to like insta freeze metals, and so other metal becomes really brittle and oh. stuff like that. Oh, so yeah, maybe it like it's like in the ring mail. Exactly. I think Waymar Royce's sword broke uh, pretty much right away. Oh yeah, you're right. Also, uh, not, on a not right away, but like oh, not right break. away. Okay. I was um I don't know if any of the rest of you guys saw the. Uh, like Bina is doing her reread, and FT Ward in that thread posted a a video of like a hot metal being laid against ice, and the kind of weird screaming noise that it makes. Hmm. Oh yeah, oh, you guys no. see that? Yeah, no, it was pretty. I yeah, it's pretty ice. Yeah, it's pretty good, and it makes like the, it does. It makes like this really fantastic screaming sound that uh, sort of adds some uh, like a way to imagine like the kinds of noise that George tends to describe when the other cold starts getting involved. Yeah, I haven't checked out those reread podcasts yet, but I'll have to. Yeah, the podcast is yeah, pretty good, but yeah. Thank you. Oh, sorry, I didn't even realize you were on it. <laughs> it was good. Oh, boy. <laughs> There's so many people, and I can't ever remember everyone's forum name. Yeah. Sorry. My apologies. A lot of us sound a little no bit problem. the same, too. Yeah, exactly. We're all just like these white dudes. And really, yeah. <laughs> oh, the OK hey, is pretty I'm diverse. Half Peruvian. Come on. Oh, well, see, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, no, it absolutely isn't. The uh, the only other thing I had written down as a note here was, you know, that just when, you know, when John is sort of, or when Sam is hearing the voices in his head telling him to get up and stab the other, you know, he sees John, you know, he kind of hears John last, and that actually makes him get up and do it. You know, and at first I was just like, oh, they're such good friends. You know, and then I wondered if, you know, maybe there could be a supernatural component there, but we I don't think we ever get any kind of thing where John's having a wolf dream and, you know, he sees Sam, you know, Sam yeah. fighting another. So I it's probably it's probably just the former and there's no actual supernaturalness there. But I just sort of wondered about that because, you know, John's a John's a warg and he's a Stark and has all that. Yeah, I think it was maybe more about um just uh the way the way Sam seems to have uh throughout his life built up a remarkable resistance to uh any sort of coercive pushing towards things, yeah. <laughs> right? Like he's, you can't coerce Sam into doing anything, right? Like, like when he fell in the snow and Grin or whoever was kicking him, right? But he's like, mm. you shouldn't kick me, but I'm not getting up. Um, <laughs> and then the same thing, like he's hearing all the voices in his head, his dad and Sir Alistair and everybody, but those are all like coercive voices saying like, you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. If you don't 
like attack, but then you get John, who's like a non-coercive voice, who's an encouraging voice, and that's what eventually uh, pushes Sam into action. Yeah, John just quotes Nike, just do it, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's move on to Tyrion 3 here. Do we have a recap for this, or should I just summarize, maybe? I think, yeah, we, we just an off-the-cuff yeah. for Tower of the Hill. Yeah, I'll just do a quick one, because we're going to go in this one in depth. It's just This is a very political chapter. We're seeing Tyrion catching up in the game, getting to know all the new players here. Tywin basically showing off his political knowledge which and his political manipulation, which is a step ahead of his military abilities, I think. I think it's always the strength is the political stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of Greyjoy stuff, a lot of marriage alliances, a lot of proposals, which relates to the artwork, which I'm going to post in here and with the, the chapter where Tywin's secret passion is matchmaking. <laughs> Although Tywin leaves himself off the table. I think my favorite thing there is the uh, the gleam off Tywin's bald head in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. Good. Well, let's uh, <laughs> just go into the chapter here. Um, how does it start here? Let's see. Pycelle's there and his beard is shitty. Hasn't grown back. <laughs> yeah, and then later we get the another Tyrion. more commentary about the High Septon's shitty beard, too. Oh, yeah. Tyrion's got a, a whole beard thing going on. <laughs> beard elitism. And, Mance, uh, and uh, Mace's beard is spade-shaped. Like, we get a lot of beard description. <laughs> I like how uh, Tyrion notes Pycelle's beard, and then he just thinks like he's not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of information on the Tyrells and their bannermen here as well in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Mace comes off really stupid in this chapter. Not great. Yeah. He comes off really stupid in a lot of chapters. Yeah, but he has just like, good support, which is the key. Yeah. And he listens to them generally. So, I kind of wonder about that, though. Like, I wonder if his... Like, were his bannermen really telling him during Robert's Rebellion to just sit there and besiege Storm's End and just stay out of it? I guess yeah. I guess they probably were. Well, that seems to be, like... I didn't initially think about that when I first read the series, but especially with the rereads and everything, I feel like somebody was keeping them out of it. Either, like, either maybe Mace was kind of manipulated into sitting there by other people who mm-hmm. didn't want to get involved in there, so... I don't think it was a 100% thing either, though. I feel like maybe some of the people wanted to support one side, and the other people wanted to keep them bottled up. Well, Randall Tarly seems like such a hard-ass, you'd think he'd just be like, I want to go fight a battle. Yeah. And he seems like potentially a Targaryen supporter. Well, I mean, they were then, but he seems like, especially if you think that he's maybe Mm -hmm. an Aegon supporter now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, people have speculated that he's, you know, he's a friend in the Reach. Yeah then he would have probably wanted to get involved there. It wasn't an accident. They were just stuck in the, the storm's end. Like there was a reason. They were being kept there by some some of the Tyrell players or forces, I think. Well, I'm sure if the Queen of Thorns had anything to say, she would have been able to grasp the political situation and be like, you know, hey, just besiege storm's end, and then the king, the Targaryens can't say you didn't help, and Baratheons won't hate you too much for besieging storm's end. So they, they, well, they did it in a douchey way. It was a smart play. <laughs> they pissed off Stannis because I mean, they're like feasting in front of the walls. Yeah, right. Stuff. They didn't have to quite do that. Oh, they, yeah. Wow, they pissed off Stannis. That's hard. <laughs> well, if Robert dies, though, then it's kind of like he had died in the battle. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I think I think you probably figured, though, if Robert dies, the cause is gone. Yeah. I mean, no. When you look at Randall, 
late in the fifth book, he's so downplaying the whole Aegon thing. It's like either he's like incompetent or he's trying to keep his options open. And even the, even if you dislike him, I don't think he's incompetent militarily and strategically. Well, I mean, we, we've definitely seen him as, you know, like he's obviously a good battle commander and, you know, cause he, he trapped the, sprung the trap on the, you know, on the Glovers and the, and, uh, Helmand Tallheart there at Duskendale. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not sure if we've really seen him as a strategic player. Yeah. You know, so maybe he is, maybe he is just like a hard ass soldier who doesn't really think too well about the, the bigger politics. I mean, well, the thing is, the advice that he gives when they face Stannis is exactly matches what it should be against Aegon. He's like, well, if you leave him be, he may get stronger while we weaken ourselves. He gives that advice to Renly. Mm. So I feel like that advice exactly oh, yeah. transposes right over to Aegon, maybe even more. So I, I think that he, he, he doesn't even say anything like that, right? He says the complete opposite there. Yeah, that's. That's a good point. I guess we'll see, but I think he's going to have an impact going forward. But he's not here though in this chapter. That would have been interesting, but <laughs> he's not. He's got we've got the other guys there. Well, I guess he actually he was at the battle still, right? They get they hear about the battle in this yeah. chapter. Yeah, they hear about the battle that he's just defeated the Northmen yeah. and, you know, killed killed Helm and Tallheart and a thousand Northmen, although one one thing I hadn't remembered was that it's mentioned that there were a lot of casualties on both yeah. sides. The, so the North apparently, you know, so despite being they ambushed, they actually didn't yeah. do too bad. Was this when uh, Roos like turned on Rob? Yeah, there. yeah, I think I think at this yeah. point, yeah, yeah. He he writes he yeah. It's where Arya, you know, Arya hears him say, you know, write write to Robert Glover and Helmand Tallhart under the king's seal and tell them to go to Duskendale, essentially. Yep. Yeah, and later on, or, or maybe before, I can't remember. There's a, a chat, like a Caitlin chapter with Rob or whatever, where Rob is saying something like Duskendale. What's he doing yeah, in Duskendale? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They blame yeah. him. They're like, "Oh, he was really emotional and stuff." Like, his, 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 <laughs> like oh, he was sent there. All right. But yeah. As, as far as as far as this chapter, you know, when they, you know, when Tyrion Tyrion realizes that, oh, all of this has been, you know, decided yeah. up front. I wonder who I went. I was like wondering who all is who all is in on the deci- on the deciding. I mean, obviously, you know, like Tywin. Tywin and like Tywin and you know either the Queen of Thorns directly or indirectly are you know sort of sitting you know sitting and plotting things out of what's happening and you know Tywin. I mean, Kevin obviously knows whatever Tywin wants him to know. I'm not sure that the Tyrells are actually like, have any input yeah. on this this particular stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I think maybe about the like the stuff at the very beginning about the division of lands from uh, yeah. disgraced lords yeah. and knights and stuff. I, mean, yeah. I think that probably resolved in a like a you know sure. Queen of Thorns yeah. and and Mace and everybody. But uh, but the stuff about like marriages, like you know Peter Delisa and stuff like that. I think that was really just uh, Tywin yeah. and Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the turtles are happy with what they've gotten, right? So they they're more likely to go ahead with everything. Yeah, right. they were thrilled with the yeah. with the plunder. <laughs> Oh, and they've got you know they've already got what they what they really want is Marjorie as queen, and they've already got that. So, hmm. one thing I I thought was interesting in that division of lands bit was that the Tyrells getting uh getting the getting Alistair Florence yeah. lands and giving them to Garland. It says it makes Garland a great lord, right? You know, in his own right. Just that little 
just you know that that division i didn't realize i hadn't thought of alistair florent as somebody who was that powerful but apparently he was because the florents were like the the big family that could threaten the tyrells right yeah so it's like right. gonna be the car yeah, tyrells they replaced, they replaced them with this so <laughs> they're good for a couple generations until like then that branch is like hey we should be ruling highgarden now yeah. <laughs> but they deal with that they'll have to deal with that problem later yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the other thing. I I had forgotten that I was. I had been thinking that Garland was the heir and Willis was yeah. was you know the spare basically at this point, but that's yeah. the other way around. Willis is not married. Actually, he's pretty old. Like they, this mm-hmm. time, I mean, they were saving him for a good marriage. He's like thirty. He's not old. In context, he's ancient. <laughs> oh God. I mean, you know, they're marrying. They're marrying most of these people off at you know much yeah. younger than that for dynastic advantage. Yeah. So. Obviously, they were planning something or save, you know, saving Willis in some way. I think they like after the accident too. They probably like doted on him a bit and said like, "You do what you want." They didn't want to force him into anything else initially. Yeah, and it probably makes him a slightly less uh, appealing groom for people. But but in reality, he's probably better because he's less likely to be a jerk. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think I mean he seems like yeah. an okay guy. So. I imagine reality-wise that he would be fine, but in terms of just like uh, the way Tywin—I mean, not to the same extent, obviously—but the way Tywin was talking about people turning down uh, Tyrion, yeah. right? Well, and we get that a little bit when you know when Sansa is is offered. Yeah, him, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, That's a good point. Yep. You know, she thinks <laughs> you know she she's like all excited when yeah. it's Loras, and then she's like. You know, and then not too long, she thinks like, "Oh, well, obviously yeah. better than Joffrey." No, but, Sign but me in, up. in reality, but, they could have got quite a few matches if they really wanted to. But they, it's, it's, they, they really, mm-hmm. so yeah, they're sure. holding in reserve. Yeah, it, yeah, it seems like it must have been, it must have been that. Like there wasn't anybody, particularly among their bannermen, that they felt they needed to shore up. So they were hoping to marry, you know, outside the region. Maybe I was reading a topic the other day, so I don't know if this is 100% from the books, but somebody was speculating about Ariane had been thinking about marrying him. But I don't remember if she thinks about that or not, or what kind of deal that would have been. Hmm. That would have been an interesting marriage. Well, with as, with as much as Mace Tyrell freaks out about the about the uh, Martells yeah. in this, I don't know. Yeah. Although, I, I guess he's I guess he's just mad at, at yeah. Oberon. He seem, seems like he's just mad at Oberon and is like willing to would probably be willing to accept you know a Oren's daughter. Did they? Maybe I, I read it wrong. Did, did they know it's Oberyn at this point? Don't they think it's no? Oren? They, they think it's Oberyn. We know it's. Well, actually, I don't know if we know it either. Like in the first read. Yeah. No, they, they no. We don't. Yeah, we don't know anything much about Oberyn yeah. at this point. You know, like at one point Mace says, like I have no problem with Doran yeah. Martell. Yeah. So like you know, they, they think Doran is coming, but it's actually Oberyn coming. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Mace is, you know, alluding to the fact that he hates yeah. Oberyn there, because Oberyn crippled Yep. Else. Yeah. But really, it really was Mace's fault. Mace is the one who caused that whole thing, like, by putting him really young into the tournament. Uh, well, and the, Vi- the, the, the Viper didn't even No, really he didn't do, do it intentionally. Anything, it was he? an accident. Like, because uh, like, didn't, didn't Willis, like, get his foot caught in a stirrup or something? Yeah, it was like the horse falling on him or something that did it. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, not a uh, not a Gregor's lance no, situation. No. <laughs> of course, it would be read that way by a mason, a lot of people, but mm. no, 
So then they're talking about strategy here. They're talking about Rob's going to have to go north to get it back, and then they're going to move on River on at that point. You know, I, I like how, you know, when Tyrion says, don't trust Littlefinger, they, Tywin says, well, you know, would you rather have Jan Royce or Lin yeah. Corbroy? And it's yeah. not, you know... And, and there's another guy as well, I think, a Redford not, or something, uh, right? That, that was... That was a really oh, yeah, interesting yeah. line. He's like, each of these men are dangerous in their own ways. Because Royce is a sworn enemy. Corbray likes to fight. And I think the Redfords are maybe ambitious. That's why they're dangerous. They want to rise up. Yeah, I didn't... I, I, I remember when I read that, I didn't, I didn't really know much about the Redford. Yeah. Tywin really dominates in this chapter. He's really on his game. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. And then we get to, I mean, the, the big the big part of the chapter, like a lot of the chapter keeps getting back. So they've got an offer of alliance from the the Greyjoys. So apparently, like, an alliance is okay as long as they take it first and then do it. You can't accept it <laughs> from Rob. But having an alliance is okay for Balin. Yeah, it's interesting how Balin doesn't have with the Lannisters, even though they're the traditional enemy of the Greyjoys, mm-hmm. you know, and the Iron Men in general. Yeah. Yeah, the Lannisters have have but, gone to the Iron Islands. I think at least twice they've gone over to the Iron Islands and like sacked the islands. So, mm-hmm. I guess maybe he's still scared of them or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah, it's strange. I mean, I for whatever. I mean, not for whatever reason. I think the reason's obvious, but he does really just hate Ned a lot and yeah. the Starks by extension. Well, he, yeah, I mean, he hates Ned, and then you know. Robert was the one who actually invaded, you know, invaded yeah. his island, and Stannis was the one who killed his sons. Yeah. You know, so he probably hates the Baratheons, too, but they're further away and harder to do something about. Yeah, but, I mean, technically, I mean, like, well, obviously Tywin is uh, in charge or whatever. I mean, technically he is dealing <clears throat> or offering an alliance to a Baratheon court. Does Stannis kill his sons? That's what I, that's, that's yeah. what I thought had happened. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm saying things that are wrong. Yeah. No, it's not Ned for it, anyways, but it's not even Ned's. It's not like Ned. I think the answer, Ned didn't actually cut them down, but he would have if he met him in battle. <laughs> That's a lie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so he's offering alliance here, and then, like, Tywin points it out clearly. It was like, well, what is he offering? Fight the Starks? He's doing that anyways. We don't have to do anything. But nice one, Balin. Yeah. Nice going there. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, I suppose from from Balin's perspective, right? It's like, well, if I can get somebody to pay me for what I'm doing anyway, like I may as, yeah. I may as well give it a shot. But, and the funny thing is, like the Reach. Well, I mean, the Reach is saying like, oh, whatever, we should, we don't care. But really, if their plan is to get the Sansa, they do care at some point. Yeah, oh, looks like, but maybe, maybe Paxter yeah. might not have known about that. That might still be within like a few. Yeah, Paxter yeah. might not. Yeah. No, yeah. they wouldn't. They they wouldn't tell yeah. anybody like that. I did look it up, and I was wrong. It was uh, Jason Malister that killed mm-hmm. Roderick. Roderick Greyjoy. And I'm looking to see how... Yeah, and Marin and Mar- the other brother, died when Robert attacked the castle. So I guess neither of them died in the sea battle, like I thought. Yeah, I mean, like that's, that's the thing about the Greyjoys that kind of people have pointed out. Like, after this huge sacking and destruction of their fleet, they suddenly have a huge fleet. What, 17 years later? Or is it 15 years later? No, no, it's even less than that, because it was 10, 10 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was... So in 10 years, they have a huge... So basically, the second after the, like, the war is over, they start rebuilding their fleet. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's kind of... Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. actually. I never thought of that either, but it seemed like somebody should have been yeah. watching them. It's like... Right? <laughs> Being like, hey, the peace guys, treaty, and then like, oh, now we need to start building our fleet again. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> it's like as, as they're, they're leaving, as they're walking. Yeah, while, while they're leaving, like they've got all these like the ribs of ships pulled up <laughs> on the shore and stuff like that. They're like, "What are you? Hey, what are you guys doing? Nothing, just fishing Salvaging, boats." Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't leave anybody like to keep an eye on them either. They take warrants, but they have... yeah, or, or yeah, exactly. Or apparently, even like send the red wines to like you know sail by and see yeah. what's up. Like, uh, hey, there's a thousand ships off Pike. Is that is that okay <laughs> with everyone? No, I'm sure it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and also, I mean, like they, they they don't have like any economy or anything. They've just been crushed. So they did like they did just like all like maybe they're they're on their foods program. Yeah, they're like the rest of Western is sending them foods, and then they're spending all the time <laughs> building ships. Yeah. Where do they get? Do they have? Is there a lot of timber yeah. on Pike? Like where are they even? Yeah. Where are they getting the supplies? So I mean, there's lots of wood in the just the nearby point, like Cape Kraken or whatever. They can. Go grab yeah, it. I, I mean, like, that's Stannis' is, like, motto for Stannis Jacks. 2016. is like, no more foods program for the Iron Islands. <laughs> Stannis served in the military. He, he put down the Greyjoys. He's not supporting them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder if they, like, you know, if they captured some of those ships, too, that they now have. Yeah, but from whom, right? And also, they're not entirely well, useful you know, if there are other types of ships, I guess, like. Yeah, they have to be. Yeah, I mean. To some extent, I suppose they need particular types of ships to do the kind of work that they do. No, I don't. I don't know. I mean, can you maybe you can capture like a great cog or something and disassemble it and build you know a long ship and a half out of it or something? I mean, they must have lost a lot of men yeah, too. It, it just it just really doesn't sustain yeah, belief that is, in ten years they could do odd. this. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, there's from like a, a not a rich region or you know anything like that. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, you can you can sort of you can sort of explain it away and say, you know, like the feet, the the Iron Fleet was defeated, but the you know the other the other lords and stuff were Maybe, really yeah. there, and they you know they sort of stayed out of it and just let the Greyjoys go down at that point. Yeah, maybe not the entire fleet. They just captured a bunch of the ships or something, or I don't know. It just seems like it's mm-hmm. not really. I mean, it's one of those things that George probably didn't think as much when he first said it. Yeah, I didn't really think about that much. Now. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. right. So, anyways, we got this whole alliance offer. They're like, no, don't want to do that. Tyrion's like, hey, let me go out against Lysa. I can, I can deal with it. <laughs> Mace is like, hey, better men than you have shattered armies in that area, which is true, actually. That's actually a true <laughs> line. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's not an example of. I mean, it's sort of an example of Mace being yeah. a little pompous, but <laughs> you know, it's it's not. He's not wrong. Yeah, and then so then Littlefinger is like, no, I can marry her. Red Wine and Mace Terrell kind of like look at each other when when he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm Lord of Harrenhal, I can do it now." And they're like, "Hmm." Yeah, exactly. They're both like, "Uh huh." Mm. Yeah. No, you're a, you're a total great lord, absolutely. <laughs> no, but I feel like it's also like they finally get that he's potentially dangerous at that point too. Yeah, because look is right after that. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I I guess I I can see what you're saying. Like, you could read the look that way. I sort of just read it as like them being like, you know, like this little pissed. You know, <laughs> shitty lord. Like, well, even, yeah, this guy. Uh-huh. This guy's sort of even. Even Tywin kind of thinks that as well. He's like, oh, he's not really going to like get it, but hey, let's give it a shot. Like, it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, he, I mean, he he yeah. literally he literally says that. Oh, you know, a little finger there. He's much less dangerous than a, than Jan Royce or yeah. Lin Corbray. Yeah, that was interesting. That Tyrion was trying to warn him off, and he was so completely like, no, it's just yeah. Littlefinger. <laughs> Littlefinger would never do anything wrong. <laughs> Well, and Tywin doesn't have bad reasons yeah. for it, though. I mean, you know, he's, you know, because he says, you know, well, the Lords of the Vale will never accept Littlefinger as, sure. like, yeah. a strong yeah. leader there, so, you know, we don't have to worry about him even uniting the Vale. Yep. 
And, you know, Tywin's proved right on that point, really. Well, it still he underestimates what Littlefinger can do. But it's just like, it's, it's, it, Littlefinger isn't yeah. the type of guy yeah, that Tywin does, really but... be worried about. He could not think that, like, no. that really, like, Littlefinger could, like... I mean, Littlefinger didn't actually move against Tywin, but he probably would have at some point. Like, you can't even just imagine that. Well, I'd say murdering his grandson is yeah. moving against him. No, but I mean, like, <laughs> that's true. And I mean, I mean, like, Tywin himself, like, Littlefinger didn't kill Tywin. But I feel like he would have set it mm-hmm. up if it was in his interest, and he probably would have at some point. Yeah, I think, yeah. I don't I don't think that he would have wanted to have uh, Tywin as an aware enemy. Yeah. But so, I mean, I think that mm-hmm. that's certainly a, a convenient murder or something. Yeah, no, I mean, like, Ty- Littlefinger probably knows that Tywin sees whores. So he just, like, uses that, especially because he owns, like, exactly. old whores. Like, yeah. Right? yeah. And he's probably by himself, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he just, like, <laughs> sets that up, and then that's it for Tywin. So Littlefinger's going to go on the Merlin King ship. Yeah. Of course. It's actually a Bravosi galley. He's going to miss the king's wedding. Yeah, it's, yeah it, it's funny It's funny reading a little, reading this and then thinking about what Littlefinger must be thinking mm. as he's, you know, as he's listening to this council meeting and how he's, you know, got everything all yeah. planned out. Because and... everyone thinks he's going to be gone, yet he's just going to be sticking around, like, offshore a bit nearby. And it's also, you know, if you act like a smug asshole literally 100% yeah. of the time, then when you do have a secret and you act like a smug asshole, yeah. nobody notices. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they bring up the offer again. Paxter's like, hey, we need the Greyjoy ships. They can help us attack Stannis or whatever. But they're like, nope. Tywin's like, let's wait. Maybe a better offer will come along. Which I think the Red Wedding is in planning yeah. at this point, so... Yeah, for sure. I think there's a few, uh, in retrospect, I think there's a few hints in this chapter about yep. that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole the whole bit at the end where Tyrion is sort of, like, looking at Tywin, he's noticing that Tywin's not that upset that the uh, Westerlings yep. betrayed him. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so there's, I mean, we're clearly, you know, sort of in, in retrospect, we're clearly supposed to understand that there's some kind of plotting already going on there. You know, between Tywin and the between Tywin and the Spicers or slash Westerlings. So they mentioned the Dornish coming, and, and Tywin's like, "Yeah, they're here to get the justice that Robert denied them for the murder of Elia and her children." Yeah. It shows all the lords. They they Tyrion's thinking like, "Is anybody going to say anything?" No, but like they, it, it affects them differently. <laughs> nope. mm-hmm. Like Mathis Rowan actually yeah. is annoyed by Tywin here, which I think is good for his character. He yeah. speaks well of him. Redwine yeah. didn't care. And red wine's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. That Rowan, that Rowan was like, you know, obviously annoyed that Tywin, you know, just lying, you know, sort of acting like he was stupid yeah. right there or something. I just guess just lying through his teeth, basically. Like that's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Rowan is a can be a, could be an important person, right? Like well, all the all these Tyrell Bannermen are important right now. So yeah. Oh, for well, sure. I mean, they're, yeah, I mean they're very powerful lords in their own right, just because the ri- the the reach yeah. is so rich. It's a hard sentence to say than you might think. <laughs> and, and in, re- in relation to Aegon and potential people that could swing over to him, each mm-hmm. of these lords is very important. Tarly, Rowan, Redwine. Redwine is really really stuck with the uh, Tyrells. Yeah, I mean that's a mm-hmm. certainly a long standing yeah. sort of thing. He just wants no taxes on his wines. <laughs> Chico. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's yeah. his thing. I, I noticed uh, Paxter Redwine bringing up the you know the Greyjoy alliance would be great to bring yeah. in ships, but 
I don't know. That, that didn't strike me. That struck me as odd because you know the red wines have plenty of yeah. ships themselves to do. Anything. He doesn't want to waste his ships. He wants to send the great joys to. to, to yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I was thinking. That's what yeah. the great joys is shock troops. Yeah. And, and he knows that if yeah, the great joys, like, I mean, say. if he has to fight the great joys, it's going to be his fleet that has to do it. And he doesn't want to do that. Yeah. He wants his ship like wine around. He doesn't want to have to yeah. do that. So. <laughs> But yeah. it's just like it's like the great yeah, it's just like the prince, yeah, princess and the queen was that the one where they're like yeah we could use the Greyjoy ships and they do nothing they're like they're not even there at least in the main story I think they could cut out what they did in actuality they're not reliable yeah I think probably I mean like, this is just sort of complete speculation but I think probably like when non uh, Iron Islanders try to use like the the uh, Iron Islands fleet they probably use it badly try to use it for things that it's not really designed for. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean that's just total speculation. Yeah. But I, I just feel like they sort of they fight differently because yeah. they're like, oh, we, he wanted to use I them think, to, to like take storms in, and it doesn't seem like that would really yeah, exactly. be the ideal use for yeah, them. Like against the fort or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say, maybe you know, maybe, I mean, they would be useful to like you know fight Salvador San or something. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like I, I absolutely think there's a lot of ways that the Greyjoy fleet could yeah. be useful. I just think that it would tend to be like if like a lord or some like a high lord gets his hands on the, the Iron Islands fleet, I think that he would tend yeah. to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Robert really messed up with the Iron Islands. Yeah, I mean, at least at least kill Balin and, yeah. you know, and put, you know, and put Roderick the Reader in as, like, yeah. you yeah. know, as the, as the, you know, regent for Theon he, or something. He didn't surrender until he had lost, basically. Like, he's lost the city and then he surrendered. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst time. Yeah, like he has to do all this effort, spend all this money, and then he surrenders. Like, okay, well, I think because he's like, well, yeah, you, I think we got this in World of Ice and Fire. He's like, hey, you can lop off my head if you want, but I never swore to an oath to a Baratheon. Robert's like, ha ha, that's funny. I guess you're forgiven. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Like, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess it, yeah, Robert's. Yeah. Once he yeah, won, it was sort of like it's just like not interesting yeah. anymore, right? It was sort of like. Oh, I mean, I won, so obviously, you know, I've won, so everything will be fine. <laughs> well, I, you almost wonder if Robert was subconsciously thinking, like, you know, oh, you're going to do this again, and yeah. I can't wait. I feel like <laughs> the scenario <laughs> that might have happened is Tywin is like, hey, let's kill him now, and he's like, no, I don't want, he wants to do like the opposite of what Tywin says. At that point, just to yeah, piss him be. off, and just even. Although I, I like, I think there's a crackpot theory brewing behind what you said a second ago. I think that's it. Robert is secretly very clever. <laughs> And has been sowing seeds of rebellion throughout the yeah. Seven Kingdoms, <laughs> oh, so that God. he has an excuse to fight uh, to fight wars in the future. Yeah, but if he wanted to fight <laughs> wars, he could have just gone to the Summer Islands and just put Jalabar Joe in power. So like, and you can't even afford to do that. So. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a crazy. It's like Robert's lost expedition to the. He would have gone there and never come back or something. They could have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Never would have wanted yeah. to leave. <laughs> That is interesting, though, because that would have been a uh, pretty far for the Westeros to go as a united. Like, I don't think Westeros has gone that far away from the. They've gone into the Stepstones area, but to actually send like mm-hmm. expedition to like Summer Islands would have been like the first time ever that, that a United Kingdom went that far away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's sort of you know it's chancy as to how you know how effective you think the you know the Swan ships would have been fighting you know the. You know, yeah. whoever the Red Wines fleet, I guess, or whoever was 
I think it's it's so far yeah, away relatively be... that they probably would have got destroyed. Like it's just too far away to be able to supl- supply. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not so far yeah, away. Too to, far like, away. I'm gonna say like a lack, just a general like lack of yeah. knowledge and understanding of the area, the terrain, stuff, the distance, just like that, the the technology. But yeah, like it wouldn't have. You make well. it makes you think though, like if, if Westeros is united, they could actually be quite a threat toward Essos, like those coastal areas. If they wanted to, like they could just like take one of those mm-hmm. cities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they were sort of no longer the Seven Kingdoms, but just one kingdom of Westeros kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah, I mean, especially because the, you know, the free cities, other than Bravos, don't really, you know, they're relying on swords and stuff mainly, so it's not like they have as much military power as they might. Yeah. You know, so certainly a, a united Westeros could make a lot of trouble over there. We haven't yeah. had united Westeros for that long in history, so it's not, in some ways, it's not yeah. that weird. Yeah, happened. and I mean, yeah, and even even the United Westeros is still like a a bickering set of yeah. Know. There's o- there's only been certain mm-hmm. periods in the in the last three hundred years that they could have done that. Yeah, uh, the time where they like dealt. With, I mean, they, when they dealt with like Greyjoy is an example of what they could do to like a single city and Essos if they want to like take over or something. They don't have no real need to do. They're not in that stage of development to kind of like colonize like Essos or something. yeah. No, they're, they're just... Yeah. And even the Jalba Joe situation, they wouldn't have like gone there and put like a garrison in or something. They would have just put him in power, maybe in God tribute type situation. They wouldn't have stayed, right, and I then think. you know, yeah, maybe left him like you know a small group of people. Well, I mean, even that though, I think that they would have left him, and six months later <laughs> he would have been he would have been drowned in the harbor, and they would have never yeah. heard from him again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the summer. Even if the if the Westerosi could have somehow defeated the Summer Islanders at sea, I don't yeah. think they would have taken too kindly to that. Right. I don't think they would have appreciated the puppet king. Well, we don't even know why he left. Like, what happened with all that? If he was. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe he had a whole bunch of support there, but I sort of yeah. suspect he did that. <laughs> Everybody's secretly knitting Salvador uh, Show banners. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> out of out of flowers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're weaving weaving Salvarcho garlands. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what do we got here? They're talking about uh, the the wines. The wine taxes are gone. Giving up the lands, and then Varys is in here, and he kind of likes gives this information that relates to the dragon, the three headed dragon. But he, he says all the stuff about krakens and this stuff first to kind of discredit it. I think he doesn't want to go into mm-hmm. detail, but he's still covering himself at the same time. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is a Merlin, yeah. so... <laughs> no, but he's... He, it's more, yeah. more tuned into the underwater Maybe, realm. But, I mean, it just, he's, he's covering for Danny because he has to say something. If he says nothing, then it looks weird if you find out about it later, but he just sets it up. Yeah, because there was... I forget what the line was, but there was a line a little bit later where Tyrion was... Uh, like, uh, Baelish had told, uh, Tywin something, and Tyrion was saying, really, Baelish told you, not, uh, Varys, that's mm. odd. Do you guys yep. remember that? Mm. I can't remember what it was no, about. it was the Sansa It was about the Tyrells. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, Which yeah, relates yeah. to a chapter we covered a, a bit back related to this, so, like, through, through, um, Dantos. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, Dantos is obviously in league with Littlefinger, as we learn later, and... Then uh, talking about the Nor- the Night's Watch reports coming from there, Tyrion is like, "Hey, we should send support. Uh, they might break through." Tywin's like, "No, then we may have actually another useful ally here, <laughs> Mance Raider." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder, like, if if you know, at this point in the story, or, or even a little bit earlier, 
if someone had managed to to persuade Tywin about what was actually going on beyond the wall, hmm. if what Tywin would have, uh, how Tywin would have reacted. Yeah, I think it's a mistake what he says here, though. But go ahead. I don't know if that's even like within Tywin's psychology to. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I mean, it would have to, had to like be, believe yeah. that there's really the others coming. Yeah, it would have had to yeah. be pretty extraordinary. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe if Kevin yeah. had been on the wall. No, but or, or if they actually mm-hmm. had seen the, like the rotted hand moving around, right? Like, it, it, I suppose. It, yeah, if the hand had still the guy moving, showed up with the hand that moving around, like, and it was actually it was even working by the time they got there, right? I think it was it rotted in jail. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. it hadn't quite yeah, yeah. rotted away. So maybe that would have helped, but I think yeah. they might have just. Thought it was a conjurer's yeah. trick or something. Yeah, I, I tend to think that Tywin would have dismissed it, and it would have dismissed anything you know that he possibly yeah. could. But still, like mm-hmm. it, regardless of whether there's whites or not, like okay, let's well, it's wildlings. Tywin's thinking about it. Oh, we have a useful ally. But I mean, the wall is not actually under the Starks technically, right? It's it's it's, it's technically it's it's just an independent thing that the kingdoms are supposed to support. But Tywin doesn't care about well, that. Mm-hmm. Like he's willing to. Yeah, I feel yeah, like it's does kind of a like the U.S. supporting the Mujahideen and the like when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan yeah. or whatever. Like Taiwan's like looking at it like, yeah, this would really fuck the North up. But you know, you got to look five years down the road and be like, okay, well now it's my problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it, it's as, there's not many like international norms in this world, but like there's like the guest right kind of thing, and then there's, like, you can send people to the wall, and then you're supposed to support the wall. Like, you know, you don't actually have to, but to actively feel like, yeah. oh, it's great if they fall and this happens, like, that's flaunting that norm. But he's willing to do that for right. his own gain. He's willing to have people murdered under guest right for his own gain. So he's willing to go yep. across those things. Mm-hmm. He thinks that's an advantage, but I think in the long run, it's not. Like, when you... He's like, oh, why, why is it yeah. better to, like, to, like, kill thousands of men rather than kill a hundred at a dinner? But the problem is when you destroy that norm, Hundreds of thousands of people will die because that norm is gone. Because people can no longer trust that. Like there's more damage later because you're ruining right. that norm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and you know, like and, you- and people remember. People remember that you yeah. did that too. I mean. Yeah. The North remembers. Yeah. <laughs> and other people remember yeah. as well. Not just the North. <laughs> Apparently, Mathis yeah, Rowan Mathis remembers. Mathis Rowan remembers. The Rowans remember. The Rowans we remember as their house. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, like, well, it didn't work out for him in the end. He died, and then his legacy is falling apart. Now, people are not, uh, they were afraid of him when he was living, but now he's ruined the Lannister name. Yeah, I mean, the idea that we're supposed to sort of see Tywin as this political genius and stuff in the story, I think, has always been, you know, a little wrong-headed. Yeah. You know, Tywin is sort of, you know, I think Martin is more saying, like, you know, Tywin is like, you can accomplish these things with ruthlessness, but you can't accomplish everything with ruthlessness. Yeah. You know, I think Tywin really, you know, Tywin really shows off what you can do with yeah. ruthlessness, but... No, I, I still think he was everything. politically brilliant, but he wasn't right. He made some big mistakes here, and mm-hmm. I think there there is a point to it. It's like, you need the right balance be- between, like, this Machiavellian approach and, and the mm-hmm. Ned approach. You need something in the middle to balance that. Well, and the 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 thing with the with the Night's Watch and the Wildlings too is, you know, that's sort of a that's a an example of him, you know, saying, "Hey, this is you know, this is fine. It'll help us beat the Starks." Whereas, but you know, he's being short sighted even with that because he's talking about the idea of having Tyrion, you know, go and try to rule the North and put his grandson, you know, in in, in Winterfell, yeah. you know. So you know, really, you're going to make you know, you're going to 
you're not going to worry about this problem that your grandson is going to have, you know, or that Tyrion is going to have in years. Yeah. I mean, unless, I guess it's possible that Tywin is just sort of doesn't care if the North descends into anarchy for, you know, a hundred years, <laughs> right? Just doesn't give a shit about, mm-hmm. like, if he just really just doesn't give a shit yeah. about the North, yeah. you know, like, thinks that it can be cordoned off and that, you know, ultimately it doesn't produce anything yeah. important, then... He, I think he yeah, thinks maybe. that he can actually use the wild length. He actually thinks it, but he doesn't know about that. They're not reliable yeah, I like, think, in, in yeah. that numbers to come through. And he's like, oh, I'll just make a deal yeah. with them and like split up part of the north. But mm-hmm. right, yeah, yeah. But it's not even that. I mean, it's just regardless of whether it's the wildlings or whatever. It's just it's just a norm that the wall should be supported. It's been there for thousands of years. Like you don't. I mean, sending guys is one thing, but to actively wish it to fall, like that's really bad. I think. So yeah, okay. Now we get to the marriage alliance part, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. After everyone's left, it's going to be Lan- the Lannister chat. Yeah. 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 Lannister only. They find out about Sansa, so we got to deal with that. So first, we're going to offer Cersei to marry Willis. She's like, "What's going on here?" I'm- yeah. Cersei is not happy. It's like as long as you remain unwed, you allow Stannis to spread his disgusting slander. You always wished. You always wish that you could like sort of know what Tywin exactly thinks yeah. about that because yeah. I mean he's obviously intelligent enough to you know add look at lots of golden yeah, right. children and draw the yeah. same conclusion. Hmm. But you know, does he just does he know and doesn't care? Does he? You know, not allow himself to know. He just doesn't think yeah. about it. You know how how I'm always I'm always fascinated to try to figure out exactly how that might work in Tywin's head. But you know, yeah. Well, well what do you guys think about the uh, show when she actually told him that happened? Well, she basically like yeah, she basically like kind of threatens to like reveal it and then no, yeah, seriously, because it has no authority over interpreting it, right? But you oh, just say like how they handled it. They're like. Uh, I mean, the reaction is probably the same it would have been. He's trying to be willfully blind to it. Uh, I, I just, I have no memory of that happening on the show. But yeah, I mean, I think if, I think if somebody, you know, if Cersei or Jamie had said that to Tywin, I guess he probably would just ignore yeah. it. Just be like, what? <laughs> I, no, I didn't hear you. I'm, did you, do you speak? No, I don't. I'm not, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm not getting anything. I'm, call back later. It's, I, I'm busy right now. Wait, what? The Skype is. <laughs> I feel like yeah, he. You're right. He's intelligent enough to put it together, but he's probably willfully blind. Yeah, I mean that's a, just the question: is whether he's consciously willfully yeah. blind or unconsciously yeah. willfully blind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the interesting thing. That Thanks, how is Tyrion. it affected? Because he, if he actually like knows about it, he still <laughs> wants to make use of the children. So maybe like that that drives mm-hmm. him even more to put Cersei in a marriage so she can be kept away from Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. but otherwise, it really. Like, does he think? I mean, Cersei's not going to let herself get pregnant at this point again. Well, I mean, with a maybe, you know, with a different kind of husband, you know. Yeah, I suppose there's always tan CT or swallowing. Well, right. I just, I just <laughs> met with a with a husband who didn't come into his bedchamber as soused as, as Robert. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, if Cersei were, you know, God forbid, if Cersei were married to Stannis or something, right? Like, uh, Stannis would do his duty. Okay. I think that would have been a better pairing than Robert initially. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, at least he wouldn't have made himself, you know, uh, as unpleasant. Yeah. He wouldn't have whispered Robert. another woman's name. No, no. I, I don't imagine he would have just the grinding of teeth. 
Yeah, you know Stannis grinds his teeth during those times. <laughs> I would imagine he does. Uh-uh. Stannis probably has horrible, what's it called, TMJ, where you're, you yeah, wind up not being able to move your jaw very well. He probably just has to talk through clenched teeth yeah. by the time he's 50. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-uh. Yeah. So they're planning who to marry Cersei to. Wills is an option. Yeah, it really it really doesn't reflect well on Cersei that she's like surprised here and doesn't have, you know, like a like a way to fight back, essentially, other yeah. than just saying no no no. Doran Mattel is considered, you know, but like, he's already has a younger wife, although the, his he's estranged from his wife, which is I mean, I guess that they can they're not actually divorced. They can't really divorce. Yeah, Septon could annul or something. With a bunch of kids there, though, that well, could ruin that. They could screw that up. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying it's likely. That. Yeah, yeah. Saying, yeah. yeah, that would mess with his errors, yeah. so he can't do it. Yeah, I mean, really, you know, really, if, you know, if Cersei wanted to be at all clever about it, you know, she'd find herself a uh, Loras or somebody, you know, just find a gay husband who doesn't want to sleep with you. It will claim the children, just like... Uh, Gosh, what was the lady from the Dance of Dragons who had the who had gay husband? It, it was actually was the the strongs, which the princess, right? She's actually the princess. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, yeah she's the crown princess. Yeah. She's there. So to she was married to a gay guy, and then she has a kid. Yeah, she's married children, to Lainer right? Valerian. Yeah, and she had all the strong children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that yeah, worked. So, the marriage yeah, worked for them. Like, they weren't right. on bad terms. So yeah, no, her and her and Lainor got on great, and just the only thing they 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 were just they disagreed about was. He wanted to name their firstborn after his lover, and she was like, "No, we're not going to do it." <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you know, if Cersei had sort of, you know, if Cersei had, you know, actually been good at scheming and come up with, a, you know, there, there's ways she could have handled this. But you know, she's, you know, Cersei, which, you know, I mean, the, the thing with Cersei is that she's not dumb. She just doesn't use her intelligence yeah. to imagine what other, you know, to think about what other people are doing, you know, because she has like. Um, she has like one percent empathy for anybody who's not her, so she can't really under she can't really think of other people as like people with plans and desires and things they might want to do. Yeah, she doesn't imagine a world where her father is going to make her do something she doesn't want to do, even though her father is obviously going to do that. Anyone can anyone could figure it out. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't. That's just not the sort of thing that she thinks about. So it's it's a good you know it's a, it's very it's very in character for Cersei to be shocked like this I guess is what I'm rambling about. And Tywin considers Oberyn for a while. He's like, no, nope, that might be bad with the Tyrells. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to piss off the Tyrells, and marrying Oberyn doesn't actually bring you that much because he's not the you know he's not in the line of succession, yeah. or he's far down in the line of succession. No, but it still makes peace be- between the two yeah. families, right? They don't have to get. They don't have to gain so much from it. Like it's okay. They already got so much from her first marriage, but I mean, just the the High Garden uh, solidifying the alliance with the High Garden seems the way to go. He thinks it too, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Then Tyrion is kind of annoying. He's like, "Oh, you mean the guy who's crippled?" It's like Tywin's pissed off. He's like, "You don't have to bring that up." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Tyrion even like thinks of it. Like you know, he he can't help himself. Yeah. And then he's like, the guy has a passion for breeding animals. It's like, Tyrion's like thinking, oh, Cersei also has a passion for breeding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrion thinks about the problem of what if Jamie hears about it and kills Willis. Well, yeah, that's going to ruin everything if that happens. But Yeah, he's like, that. now it's not going to help the alliance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Cersei leaves, and then uh, Tyrion, he's like, what? I'm being called 
to the jousting list. It's like Tywin just like puts it straight up. He's like, "Your whoring is a weakness in you." But perhaps some of, some of the blame is mine. You, you look like a boy. I've forgotten you're a man with a man's basic needs. It's past time you were wed. Yeah. Tywin knows all about a man's basic needs. Exactly. Thing. Like, he knows about that, so... Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. He had the tunnel bin. Exactly. Well, it really is a, you know, a great example of, you know, and somebody mentioned it earlier, is Tywin's complete another hypocrisy, because yeah. he's like, you have to marry for the house, Cersei. You have to marry for the house, Tyrion. I don't have to marry for the house. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's yeah. not like Tywin couldn't find another yeah. wife, and, you know, it wouldn't, you know. Yeah, and, and and at this point, especially, I mean, like, he's sort of out of heirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know, obviously, he still harbors, like, Jamie. he wants to get Jamie off the, off the Kingsguard, yeah. but uh, I guess that's actually maybe sort of a way he's like Cersei. I was thinking a minute ago that Cersei is sort of so blinded by the fact that she doesn't want to get married that she's not thinking about, you know, ways to compromise with, like, uh, they were, like you were suggesting, like, a, a gay husband or something like that. Mm-hmm. But Tywin is kind of the same way. Like, he so, so much wants Jamie to inherit that he can't, uh, you know, conceive of other ways of... Yeah, uh, getting some un- other uh, non-Tyrian heirs, like, producing... Exactly. ...that he could maybe yeah. put in and... Uh, yeah. Right. But he, well, now he's a bit old. He could still do it. But even just like when his wife died, yeah, he, he, like twenty years where he like he didn't absolutely do anything. Like yes. he could have in that period as well. Like he get he gets the green. I mean, about Jamie's, it, but the other people don't. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. And I mean, Jamie's been. I mean, just in terms of, uh, yeah, inheriting Casterly Rock, yeah. right? I mean, like Jamie's been on the King's Guard for whatever fifteen yeah. years, something like that, right? So. Yeah. Tywin just doesn't want to get bogged down again. His freedom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. But it is strange. I mean, I don't know. It is strange yeah. that I guess like he's always been like, I'll get Jamie off the King's Guard somehow. Everything will be okay yeah. in the end. Which is very much like not a It's know, not a safe no route, backup yeah. plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean it's obviously tied in with, you know, him still you know, still really loving Joanna too. Sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like he wants Joanna's kids on Hmm. Yeah, and I met you know, and I imagine Tywin's reaction to her dying. I mean, it's very much of like you know, he's basically pissed off that life isn't fair, and <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, and that's really? why you know, and that's why he's blaming you know, he's blaming Tyrion for something that's obviously not Tyrion's fault, yeah, and he's blaming sure. you know, he's he's upset about something that just happens, and you know, he's sort of not getting married again like he should is, you know, sort of his way of raging against, yeah. you know, the way things are and the way things should work, I think. Yeah. But again, I mean, it, you know, it's been a long time. And mm-hmm. for somebody who's, you know, uh, cal- like a, you know, sort of a calm and rational person a lot of the time, I mean, it's telling that he's still sort of unable to think uh, rationally about mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of those, a lot of those, Topics that Tywin's not able to think rationally about come up here. Yep. Yeah. Like, nope, Tyrion, you're never going to be Lord of Casterly Rock. Even though you're in line by all the laws of anything. So he's going to set up Tyrion with Sansa. He's trying to, like, convince him to do that. And uh, and Tyrion's like, oh, like, this is so uh, cruel for you to do that. And he's like, why? Do you plan to mistreat her? His father sounded more curious That's such than a good concerned. line. That's such a <laughs> yeah. good line. He's only curious, not concerned. Uh, yeah. It's also, um, it's interesting too, and I can totally see it from Tywin's perspective, that he's like, I, I thought you would be happy with yeah. this. Like, 
I don't understand what the problem is. Like, what? Are, what's wrong with you? And Tyrion's like, I like it when they when they want to go to bed with me. And Tywin's like, you don't think that the whores really want to go to bed with you, do you? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not that stupid, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tyr- you know, Tyrion's not, you know, willing to say out loud what he's really thinking here, yeah. and you know, et cetera, et cetera. You can't talk about Shay at all. He's got to hide Shay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, he, he, and he, he's not actually throwing Tisha in his father's face anymore. Yeah. They started, like, talking about, like, oh, can we get somebody else to do it? Can, like, Lancel do it? No, whatever. And then Tyrion's like, they're, they're just doing this for my benefit. It's not real. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's aware of that stuff. It's funny. I, would, I sort of want to be in, like, the... I would have liked to have seen the pregame between uh, Tywin and Kevin, yeah. right? Be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what you say when it's X, you know, this person's going to have this complaint, yeah. this person's going <laughs> to be upset about this, and, like, when we get to Tyrion, you know, then we start talking about which cousin yeah. we can marry, like, okay, I got it. Yeah. But he does mention, like, uh, that he had planned to marry uh, Jamie to Lysa Tully, which is a big confirmation of other build-up before. That, that was yeah. in the plan, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which would have been a good match for both. So... That nearby family. Oh, sure. Yeah, sorry. I thought you were saying personality-wise. Well, it could have been. I mean, Lysa's yeah, different when she's I mean, young. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. She could have developed differently. But, uh, yeah. Jamie, I don't imagine. Well, that, that, that sucks for her. Like, she had... At least she could have had Jamie, and then she ends up with, like, John Aaron instead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. for sure. And that, I mean, that's ultimately what Cer- it's Cersei that caused that change. Because she gets Jamie to yeah. go to the King's Art. Doesn't do that. Jamie marries Lysa. Mm. That kind of like fits into the whole timeline with what happened with Lysa and uh, Peter, but I think that happened later than that. Then, then that would still work. The Lysa Peter stuff would happen after Jamie, or would be the before. It's kind of tricky because you, you don't think he would accept it if she was like already had a kid or whatever by Peter. Because at that point, he might have ruined that. Yeah, you wouldn't have think that, that Tywin would have been happy with the Yeah, uh, you got to think about the timing. Well, Jamie was in King's Art for a while, right? So... Yeah. I've, well, I've, never, did, been, I've never been good at the time. Yeah, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if we're actually given enough to go on there, but he had just been named right. to the King's Guard at the Tourney of Hall, right? He didn't get to go there, right? Yep. Like he, about that time, and then he didn't get to go. Yeah, because he, yeah. Yeah, he had just been named. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what that means. It's all about the same time. It's kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, presumably Tywin didn't know about yeah. that at the time. They were exactly. making those plans. I mean, uh, what do you what do you guys think of sort of Tyrion and his reaction to marrying Sansa? You know, I mean, you know, because at first he's at first he's like, oh, that's that's a terrible yeah. idea. Then you know, towards the end, he warms up to it a little bit and like thinks about like, well, you know, she's she's beautiful and she smells good. Does he think about that? I think it's really the the potential gain and politically that really drives him there. I think. I, I thought yeah. he, I thought he thought of it that way. I'm. I, let me find the see if I can find the reference here. Anyways, let's get to the end here. There's only just a bit at the end where they find out about yeah. that Rob's. Betrayed the phrase, he's married a Westerling, and they're like, oh, that's a huge mistake. <laughs> yep. And then Kevin's like, he chose the girl's honor yeah. over his own. He had no other choice. Well, he could have found her a husband. It could have worked. Yeah. Unfortunately, didn't happen. it didn't. 
Then, then, then there's a line, right. Jane Westling is her mother's daughter, Rob is his father's son. That latter part makes sense. What's the first part relation to? Like, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering yeah. about that too. Is, is that saying that she's mercenary yeah. in some way? Like, I don't... I don't know. Like, I mean, that seems like in terms of if somebody said, you know, your mother's daughter talking about that that lady and being mercenary and uh, seems like the the thing. Yeah, manipulative and actually, but I don't think Jane was was, was in on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem terrible. I mean, like, from, if they're saying that she. You know, threw herself at Rob so that she could marry the king of the yeah. north. The king of the north. I mean, yeah. I guess she had ambitious, a lot of faith maybe. that she she's was going to She's from an ambitious family that is up, upreaching beyond yeah. what they should. So that that that, that sure. works without yeah. her still yeah. being like betraying Rob. I yeah, suppose that's the way yeah, Taiwan makes her not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Above herself. Well, and you know, and if, if you sort of think about like how exactly things went down, too, like you know, Sybil would be. Sybil Spicer would be writing to Tywin and saying, "Oh, you know, oh, I totally had this yeah. plan all along. I had my daughter seduce yeah. him, set it up that way." So, whereas yeah. even if, yeah, even if it had just sort of naturally happened, and then you know, you know, Rob shows up in the morning and says, "Oh, yeah, I totally have to marry your daughter," yeah. and you know, so in in that case, you know, Sybil would would sell it as you know it was a plan all along, even if yeah, it wasn't. Uh, which it also would protect her daughter as well. Like exactly, that's the way she's told Tywin. So Tywin will will say it that way. Okay, so that explains that. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And, and Ty, you know, and Tywin may not mean exactly you know exactly a parallel with the other line either. He may have, he may just mean that she's under her mother's control, and that her mother you know her mother is running things. Maybe yeah. All right, so then we got the backstory of the Reigns of Castamere, what they did with it, how, how it's been used politically. <laughs> the thing that made me that, that made me think about there, that little bit, was, uh, like, what exactly did the Farmans do that they needed to be threatened with the Reigns yeah. of Castamere? Because, like, you know, they're not specific yeah. here, of course. Like, is Tywin just going around, you know, issuing random threats? When well, any, they're being unruly, right? So maybe taxes. they weren't paying a tax or something, or something, like, they were doing mm-hmm. something. That uh, he didn't. It's not, it's not like he did that much either. He just had the song to remind them. So, yeah, I guess. But yeah, and then they were. But they're well aware of Casimir. I promise you. And then it's like, well, do you think they're fools? Like they think they can they can build beat the lion. And then Taiwan almost smiles there. The greatest <laughs> fools are often more clever than the people who laugh at them. He says. So Red Wedding isn't planning, and yeah. that whole keeping Rob from having an error thing. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Or did they? Oh, <laughs> 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 All right, well, hey, this this actually relates to something that's come up with George a few times, where he's like, it's kind of like sad, really, like the way the way it comes off because he's like, oh, th- I'm thinking of like this this new like shocking thing I can do in the Winds of Winter, and they can't do it on the show because they've killed off characters, but I can still do it. it, it, mm. it when I hear that, I kind of feel sad. I'm, it's like, is that George kind of like rationalizing to himself that he can still do some things like despite the show? Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. It, but I mean, let's just think about what that could be. Like, could that be something mm. related to uh, Jane? Because she's going to be, I think she's going to be in the prologue of What Wins Winter. So mm-hmm. maybe he actually is going to like show the whole heir to the North stuff. But I think that he also said it's something he never thought about before. So you think he probably would have heard about that whole thing before? Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's been he's been being asked yeah. about that <laughs> since you know since yeah 
maybe Storm, if not, and if not that, then Clash. So, you know, that's certainly... There's going to be a lot dying. Yeah. That's what I think. Like, a lot of the characters that we love are going to die. Well, they almost have to. There's yeah. so many at this point. Well, I guess that's a good covering of the chapters here. Thanks again for joining me, guys. It was fun. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Always a pleasure. And everyone, check us out on podcastoficeandfire.com, on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and DeviantArt. Just, there, I guess, a reminder out there is, like, Him for Spring is selling right now still. It's a, an ebook on Amazon. You can get through it through our Amazon store on our website. If you do any Amazon shopping, like, if you shop through our links, then we get, like, a free commission off that. You don't pay anything, but it's a nice way to support the podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time. Good night, guys. Good night. Not bad. How do I sound? I think it sounds okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to find some... I'm standing up right now. I'm going to try to find somewhere to sit. So <laughs> give you a minute. Oh, Ashley is at DragonCon right now. Or I guess she might be on her way. I don't know if it's over by now. It was this weekend. Yeah, you'd think they'd take advantage of the full uh, three-day weekend for DragonCon. Yeah, they must have then, yeah. I think it's still dialing Varley right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mimi isn't online right now. Is Mimi supposed to be here? Uh, I didn't confirm the time with her, but I did confirm tonight. Okay. So I don't think I don't think Kyle's coming. So. Hey. Hey, how's it going? I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't expecting a call, right? Yeah, I know, but uh, yeah. we're also seeing if we're going to go forward tonight, and then there's no Mimi tonight, so we could potentially record. It's fifty-fifty right now. Okay, but still, it's my first time podcasting with you, and it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Cool. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I've already met the other guys before, so at Ice and Firecon. Yeah, I'm barely holding myself together, even so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, what, that, that's your PC problems, right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, it's like getting called up to the big leagues from the minors. <laughs> right, VOK. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's a good uh, metaphor there, yeah. VOK is like the training grounds. <laughs> but it's the better route. VOK is the best route to get on the podcast, so. Yeah. Well, happy to be here, guys. Mm. Yep. It's a pleasure. Are you guys, have you read the chapters then? Yes. Yeah, I've read them. I was going to try to write a Tyrion summary, but then I realized I should make sure my computer worked, and then my computer <laughs> didn't work, so I uh, did not do that. I mean, I could read from uh, Tower of the Hand, but...
I don't think Tyrion will be as much of a problem. It's kind of long, too. Like, we'll do just a quick summary of it. Yeah, if you do point. a quick summary, it should be pretty easy. If It's only when you try to get yeah. detailed that chapter starts getting... that the summary starts getting yeah. really long. Because yeah. we'll talk about the chapter in depth anyway, so... Yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess we can record an episode. We're just trying to, like, figure out if it's, like, likely that we'll be able to reschedule anytime soon. When did you talk to Mimi? Uh, I mean, yesterday is the last time she confirmed. We confirmed for tonight, and then I, this morning I emailed her. Okay. It's probably out or something. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, well, it's up to you guys. Do you guys want to record, or do you want to just cancel, or what? Uh, I mean, I'm happy to go either way. Um, whatever, yeah, whatever you'd like to do. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Damn. I'm... I'm I'm happy I'm happy to be on an episode with just Amin and you guys. I mean I'm not gonna. Yeah, I, I really I needed I needed Ashley to get to the Platinum Club, and if I don't have Ashley, then you know I don't I don't need me <laughs> for anything. It doesn't help you at all. Yeah. But, it is. but Dan, have you been on the uh, podcast before? No, or no, no, no. no cause, so I guess this you guys would still be a plus if you got on. You'd get to add that to your <laughs> one more feather in your chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> many feathered hats. Uh, you guys don't do spoilers for, for potential the next book. winter. Yeah, right. Yeah. But how does that work with the uh, show? Well, I mean, if we if we say, like, Euron's cast, I think that's fine. But if there's, like, spoiler details out of that, I guess we wouldn't go into it. I don't know. I think a lot of our... there are sweet, I mean, we're getting to the point that some, many of our listeners are not watching the show anymore. So I'm going to be careful what we talk about, read the show. Well, the show's going so far off the books nowadays, I don't know if we can spoil it. Right. Yeah. I think we still can, as someone who's not watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm totally on the belief that nothing is spoiled until I read it. So. Whatever it takes to get you through the night. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't, we, why don't we record an episode? It's not. It's not live. You can just put it on VOK. <laughs> wow. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh. That on the... <laughs> no. I mean, it's still good. It'll just be minor league quality, right? Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not, not like the minor league perfection of a podcast. Basically. Yeah. Minor league's still entertaining. It's still like this is like top of the minor leagues. This is like what is it? What's the one that's just below? Sure. Yeah. Like triple A ball. Yeah. Yeah. Or college football. <laughs> a lot of. Yeah. I mean, I like college football better than the NFL. So. Mm. Mm. There you go. I used to. Yeah. And then you kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going through a little bit of that myself with Texas lately. It's like the best time to be a Michigan State fan since like the '60s. So I'm feeling good. Yep. I just uh, texted Mimi. Her air conditioner is broken, and she had to go to a hotel. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not funny. That happened to me. That happened to me a month ago. It's not a joke. Oh. I, I, is it actually hot yeah, there? No, so like, so it is. I'm like freezing here in no, my no, apartment. No, no. It's so like, like 100 degrees. It's like 95, 98 degrees every day. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah, no, no I was laughing because like Mimi had to go to a, like a motel because like her fire alarm wouldn't go off or some shit. That was what happened last uh, time. So she's like cursed. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing like a jacket right now. Oh boy. So. Uh, it's, no, it's my air conditioner runs all day every day. Okay, well let's uh, yeah let's get started then. So thanks for checking then. We know that she's not. Yeah, right. she could have still connected. Yeah, you know, hotel. I mean, I'm on my laptop for God's sakes. Yeah, well the last time we had a hotel, yeah, there was, so was really bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, let's let's go. I'm going to start us off here. Wait, do we have any other recorders going? I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't have mine. Because it's I on think, my, my I think mine's going. Hang on. That would be the worst for you guys. They would not even be able to. I know. Just, just gone. <laughs> my just one chance. I missed it. Good. Good to have you guys on here. I think we've had uh, Michael on here before, but this is the first episode for uh, Dan and Matt. So why don't we go through this uh, first? Like, how did you get into a Song of Ice and Fire? Um, I uh, a guy I work with actually loaned me the, loaned me a copy of a Game of Thrones. Like, I hadn't really read too much fantasy before that, but. Uh, he he told me to read uh, Tad Williams, and I read that. So the next thing he gave me was a Game of Thrones, and I read that, and of course, you know, loved it, and was happy to find out that there were at that point three more books, and went and read all those pretty quickly. That was in 2009, and then not too long after that, I went out and looking for podcasts about it, and you know, found the podcast of Ice and Fire pretty quickly, and started uh, burning through all those episodes, and you know, finally caught up. I think it was, I think it was right around the time that that it had been announced that HBO was making a show, but like had nothing had much happened with it yet. Or maybe it was just that they were shooting a pilot. So yeah, that's how I got into that. And then I uh, went to Ice and Fire Con last year, and uh, that was great. And everyone should do it. Were you on our trivia team, or were you on the other? I was team? I was on the other team. Yeah, we were both robbed in that trivia contest, but <laughs> Buddy told me that there's like this new show coming out about this book that he really liked and I was like alright so I saw the first couple episodes and I was like no I need to read the book and then I read all the books and just really deep in since that and found your guys podcast and I was like alright this is a, a fair amount of like good knowledge and insight and dick jokes so I'm all in. You're all active on the forums I believe right? Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, what's the other question we usually ask? Are just, I guess, favorite uh, characters yeah. in the books. Do you want to go first, Dan? So, yeah, I'll. Uh, I honestly uh, really love the Brienne chapters a lot more than I think most people do. Mm. That always they always stick out to me as something that I really have really always looked forward to when I was reading Feast. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, outside of that, I I really like Davos. I mean, of course, everybody likes Davos. Why? Wouldn't like yeah. Davos. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not a big like you know favorite character guy particularly though. You know, I tend to like. Yeah. I tend to you know sort of you know take it as it comes the whole thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree that uh, Brienne actually grew on me, as Tyrion like did not grow on me. <laughs> like <laughs> I loved Tyrion like first off, and then like you know Dance with Dragons. I was like, you are horrible. So, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on, I guess it depends on the books, um, but overall, I think uh, Tyrion is still my favorite character, even though he's a prick in the last book. Brienne, in particular, in the rereads, you get a lot out of the world building in those chapters, so if you like world building, then it's good. Yeah, like, Septim Maribald is probably one of the best, like, ancillary hmm. characters ever. Yeah, his whole speech about, like, what war does to people. And yeah. All. 